0: Small Business.
1: Small Business Focus brought to you by Ned Bank. Make taking your business to the next level happen. Make things happen. Ned Bank. Pavlo for TDs. Talk about a Hornet's Nest that you have opened this evening. Uh, SMS line has been full of uh, questions, full of comments. Uh, Lines are filling up this evening. If you want to talk to Pablo about your issue that you have with your landlord, can I suggest you do it quickly? 21 I want to get to calls as quickly as possible. But what's the context of you wanting to talk about landlords tonight?
0: Well, there are a couple of things, Bruce. Our market environment has changed. First and foremost, we're getting very big landlords acquiring properties on a rapid scale at the moment. So the number of landlords that we'll eventually be able to deal with are going to become concentrated and the power is going to be in their hands. The next big issue is there are two things that are holding back all business at the moment, more than anything else in the country. The first is Theft, security, security security-related issues. And the next thing is obviously, tangibly, energy and ESCOM. So within the context of those three trends driving the space issue, you've got to start negotiating and boxing smart as an entrepreneur running a store either as a factory or a retailer.
1: Yeah, but, but you also you held um, your business. You've, you've, you've got the premises. You've established your presence in a particular spot. Your customers know who you are. They know where you are. You've chosen that site. You've held on to that particular site for five years. It's in a good traffic area. It's close to the pick and bay, Whatever it is, it's a sought-after space. You want that space. But landlords have got the power of life and death over a small
0: business. They will. They do, and they don't, depending on how. And that's why I use the words "you've got to box smart."
1: Okay. Well, let's let's help some people box smart this evening. Katya in Randburg. What business do you have, Katya?
2: Hi there. Hi, Bruce. Hello. Hi, Katya. Yes, hi there. Hear you. Can you hear me? Sorry. Um, hi there. I just wanted to um, vent a little bit. I have a, a very successful um, pet spa business, and I opened a new branch last year. And uh, I had already signed the um, offer to lease a year prior to that with specific conditions, et cetera, et cetera. And I take a very large space, 250 square meters. Um, we were supposed to open on the 1st of March and there were all these rules um, in terms of how it had to be designed, et cetera, et cetera. We complied with everything. We were ready to open and the landlord wasn't. It was a refurbishment of a um, shopping center and it ended up that they were five months late. We opened five months later than what we were supposed to, and we were ready. And of course, I had staff that I've been paying yeah. throughout. I had a business loan. Um, I had have been paying my vehicle, um, business vehicle, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, um, all the deposits for the um, the shelving, and because it's, it's got a retail section too, so there's a lot of shop fitting and drywalling, et cetera, et cetera. And the landlord just washed their hands over. It. it. cost me 700,000 rand just on salaries, um, my vehicle, and the interest on the business loan and the interest on the, on the um, repayment of the vehicle. And they just washed their hands of it. And and I think that's really, really unfair. There's a clause that yeah. says that they cannot be held liable, which I understand if it's an act of God or something outside of their control. But this wasn't. This was pure mismanagement, yeah. which we were showing them the whole way along, and they just ignored us and they just messed us around, Ka- Ka- and then they promised Ka- Ka- Katia, you, they'd you, do something, you, and then they just
1: carried on. You have told your story so eloquently, and we we'll to ask Pablo to respond to it. We've got lots of calls to get to tonight. I do like Katia, owns the Pet Spa. Um, but uh, <laughs> thank you, Katia. I mean, she's got a terrible problem um, in dealing with her, with her landlord that really has got the EQ of a spanner.
0: Yeah, well, and I'm sorry, but it's not unusual, Bruce. So here's the thing. When you start your business, especially something you're inspired by, You don't go into the pet spa business if you're not into pets. It's a very particular kind of business. So a person like that is going to be very much driven by passion. There's going to be lots of emotion. There's going to be lots of imagery around what kind of business you can build. And very often when I see people start businesses that require premises, they often start the businesses way before they should. And what I mean by that is this. When you negotiate with the landlord, you need to negotiate your risk out to the extent that you can. And to the extent that you can't, you need to accept that there's probably going to be a risk that you're carrying. So one of the things that I would have done if I went not cut your shoes – and, you know, granted, hindsight gives you foresight. Sure,
1: but for anybody else hindsight going into a similar range, so we're trying to help people from making the same mistakes.
0: So my first level is going to be my employment contracts. My employment contracts will kick into play with the people that I've elected to have work with me in my business – A month after the landlord's contract has enabled the business to be established. And that's one area where she could have reduced some of her risk. And I know it's hard because, again, passionate. But then then you you,
1: lose the people you've said you can have a job in six months' time, not now. Um, People move on to other things. That's a problem.
0: Of course, people do. And deals happen that way too. We've seen it with SIPs. SIPs takes up to six, seven, eight, nine, ten months. The deal has come, the deal is gone. And that's just a feature of business, quite frankly.
1: Okay. Um, Katja and others, I hope that helps. So, Archie, um, you have been treated very badly. Yes, good evening, Bruce. How are you? Uh, We're good, Archie. Tell us your story. Uh, Well, let's put things into perspective. 20 years of problem-free
2: renting, 30 days notice to move out, no reason being given. Upon contacting landlords, uh, all they have to say is renovations are going to be taking place. And try again in 2016, if there is place we can accommodate you. So definitely uh, corporate companies have more say or landlords are colluding with corporate companies and taking individuals out from places of rental.
0: Archie and Pretoria, I mean, that's a fairly common one, isn't it? Amla? It is fairly common. But Archie, you know what? If the landlord wants to refurb the building, they're quite entitled to. What I would recommend that anyone does, if you're establishing a retailer, the first thing is, you need to realize that your location is going to be an important feature, but I would try and build my business beyond the location. For example, everyone who buys a product from me, I want their name, telephone number. I want to try and build a database. If I have to incentivize them to build a database so I can have their details, the person with the database is the person who wins. Because You
1: run a competition. You run a competition, competition give away something
0: yeah. for free, whatever the case is. Because in your instance, now that you have to suddenly move, the, the, the most important thing to do is to communicate to all yeah. your customers to say, I have to suddenly move. The next thing, Archie, I always believe that you should negotiate your new lease a year before the old lease expires. At least then you have options and you can hold people to account.
1: What if the landlord simply refuses and says, no, I don't negotiate up until two months before. I haven't got time for this. I'm busy doing other things.
0: Then make a backup plan. Okay. Every entrepreneur has a plan B.
1: Laura says to us, I hope you're going to follow landlord bashing with tenant truths. I gave a current tenant early free occupation and said deposit could be paid off uh, because there was a sob story. The result was the second month's rent was unpaid and only a third of the deposit. I'm sure they're lousy tenants, Laura, but this is the small business feature and we're looking to help small business deal uh, with difficult landlords in a better way. I'm, I'm delighted that you're a nice landlord Laura.
0: but Bruce there are many small business let's call it tenants and landlords and in those instances they struggle to get the big chains on board because the big chains bully them into a different position and in those instances you've got to make you've got to make your assumptions right. In many ways what you're trying to do is create a collective and experience for shoppers you're trying to draw people away from the big shopping malls and the big shopping centers. And that's where tenant mix becomes an important feature. So they face an equal problem. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Penny in Kensington, what's your experience? Penny, hi.
3: Hello
0: there,
2: Bruce. Um, we've got a little business in, in a shopping center. Um, and since November, the, shop, the anchor shop has been closed down. And our little businesses have been suffering terribly. And we, we approached the landlords and asked for a rent relief. And they're just not even interested. They told us there's no way We should just consult our, our leases. That they don't. They don't have to oblige us with anything. Uh,
1: Penny, yeah, that's a, a, a tricky one, and Penny's in a difficult position because suddenly, if it's a checkers or uh, or a Spa or whatever it is, and that's no longer there, the draw card to that centre is gone.
0: Uh, and Bruce, this is where it becomes difficult again because you know it's David versus Goliath when you negotiate and you're negotiating to go into a shopping center, you've got to be given some sort of certainty around footfall. What is a landlord's responsibility to get traffic through that center? If you don't negotiate that, you will be a victim of this. If you can't negotiate it, then be very, very wary of that landlord. And let me tell you this much. As we get more and more concentrated in shopping centers... Concentrated, you mean because big
1: chains move in and the landlord would rather have a mug and bean than a mom and pop uh, coffee shop, for example, because there's some security of tenure for the landlord. Yes, and
0: whether it be a ShopRite or a Pick and Pay or a Woolies or whatever the case is, they can negotiate favorable leases. But here's the reality. For a shopping mall to work, and this is this is fact shown through research worldwide, the tenant mix becomes important. Yeah. Because as online shopping grows, are you going to get into your car, travel in traffic, pay for parking, and stand in a queue to buy a tin of Mr. Min? You're not going to. Eventually, that you'll buy online. The only reason you're going to go to a shopping mall is because it's an outing and it's entertainment. And it's a small independence that lend character to the array of big yeah, chain stores. Absolutely. Taking your calls this evening
1: on Landlord Wars. James, in four ways, you've been holding for ages. Thank you for your patience. Hi, Hello. hi how are you doing? We're good, James. Tell us your tale.
4: Well, basically, I'm you know, behalf of my wife. Um, uh, she owns an extra-mass business out in the Sloan area, and she um, she found out that the uh, landlords had recently dropped the amount of security in the complex, and about three months later, my wife was robbed. And then, um, you know, she only got to find out the next day at 12 o'clock when she actually arrived at work. So no one from, the from you know, the landlord company phoned her to tell her to even, they haven't even been to the contact to actually check, you know, if everything's all right. Was hers, the, first,
1: the, was hers the only business broken into?
4: Uh, no, there was there was my wife's business and then a physio on the same floor. And um, the first thing they did was blame it on uh, a window left open, um, you know, obviously to try to reduce their liability. And the police then, obviously, when they did their report, said no. They came into the roof and they used the window to try and access other businesses on the floor. Um, and then, um, so basically, I mean, they've now just, they had a meeting, obviously, later, and then didn't invite my wife uh. or the physio to that security meeting for some reason. Um, and they just said to them, they must install their own alarm.
1: Uh, James, in four ways, another horrible landlord story, Pablo. I mean, it's 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 not a big uh, development. It sounds like a, fair, a fairly small development where lots of small businesses operate from. Uh, and you, you've got to have some rights in that particular case, don't you?
0: Well, it depends what you negotiate. Now, the first thing that one should really do, Bruce, is before you move into a small area like that or a building like that that's accommodating a series of small businesses, please go and speak to some of the other tenants and just say, What are we about to enter into with this landlord? Are they people that are reasonable? Are they not reasonable? So firstly, find out. In other words, establish the track record. It's like signing a three-year marriage if you sign a three-year lease. Surely you're going to date before you get married. You go
1: to exes and you say, so what are they like in a relationship? No, (laughs) you don't do that. But landlords are different, aren't they?
0: Second thing I would do. The second thing I would do is if you move into an environment like that, make friends with the tenants, understand what the issues are, and work as a collective. Get a Facebook group going. Share, share
1: the landlord bad stuff. And then everybody's on the same Facebook page.
0: Yeah, very much so. And then the third thing is, which we mentioned right at the beginning of the show, the two biggest things you've got to focus on on a lease, security and energy. If there's no tenure and no safety in that.
1: I like what Warren Ingram said earlier. He gets on really well with his landlord and they had a problem with it. We've all got a problem with electricity. Went to the landlord. The landlord said, well, can we do a deal? Can you help us? We'll help you. And they cooperated in a grown-up fashion. They want a long-term lease with, with Warren's business. Yeah, there's
0: another way to do it as well in the retail space because Warren's in the office environment. He's... You know, it, it's not a retail environment. In a retail environment, Bruce, I'm thinking that in today's world, in today's environment, it's probably better to negotiate in part a turnover lease. Because if your business suffers, so does the landlord. It's a nice one. Ingrid and
1: Bryanson, uh, your story this evening. Ingrid? Hello. Hi, Ingrid. A, a quick tale from you, please. Um, yes. Um, we situated in
3: William Nichols Street on a prime um, location close to the orphan, and um, we're a group of um, tenants. There are about 17 of us, and the shops are 60% empty, and there is no advertising, and we've all had a meeting, all the tenants, and they are not prepared to put up a pylon for us, and in our contract, it is a state that they were going to, and in the centre, the landlord is not interested in his tenants. The Victory Bay has closed down. New bombings closed down. The fish and chip shop has closed down. One business after the other is closing down because of lack of exposure. And our biggest complaint is that the landlord refuses to advertise, refuses to allow us to advertise. And, and continually
1: increasing the rent. And we just wanted to know, do we have no recalls? Is there no ombudsman for landlords or I any? don't think so, Ingrid, but let's get Pablo's view on that one. I mean, here she is in a dying shopping center.
0: Well, Ingrid, this is where I box smart because in your contract, um, if I heard you say, they had the obligation to put up the pylon. The fact that they haven't and the fact that all the businesses are struggling, this is where you should get together as a collective And I would start becoming really sloppy and tardy on my rental payments because, in effect, that landlord's in breach. The second thing you could do is if it's a big landlord, there is nothing more inconvenient for a CEO of a very large organization to be hauled into the small claims court. And that will play in your favor because if business is slow, you have time on your hands. I can (laughs) assure you it's not... They don't have time on their hands.
1: Nice one. Pablo, Ingrid, thank you so much for your calls this evening. I do hope we have assisted tonight, and I'm sure that your issues, while you've already been through the pain and the anguish and the agony of dealing with those issues, your experiences will help many other people as well. So thank you for sharing this evening. It's greatly appreciated. Pablo Fatides from Auric Business Incubator.
0: Remember that moment you wanted to give up when you thought there was no fight left in you? You'd roll with the punches. And then you hit a wall. You realized you could go no further. You could go no further alone. So you reached out, sought guidance, the knowledge to take you to the next level. For some, the fight is over. But not for you. With the right partner, you can take your business to the next level. Partner with NetBank and make the things that really matter happen email business at netbank.co.za today. We're an authorized financial services and registered credit provider. Make things happen. NetBank.